Holly. I'm Emily. I'm Deanna. And this is Confessions of a Farm Wife. Well, good day to you all. We have a soundtrack in the back, Frozen. That's a big deal because that is now out on DVD. And we talked a little bit about this last time, ladies. Frozen's a big deal in both of your households. Is that right? Oh, yeah. As you can hear in the background, Jack is singing Let It Go, which his father always reminds him that, that a girl sings that. <laughs> he would prefer him to sing, like, uh, in summer, I guess. But. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That'd be adorable, too. Yeah, that would be cute. Yeah. The soundtrack is in your car, Holly? Yes. We listen to it on repeat mm-hmm. a lot. Now, I saw a YouTube video. Did you see this where the mom and dad are driving the van and the little girl is in the background and they are like lip syncing the song perfectly? I think that's pretty funny. And it can yeah. be done. And the little girl's oblivious, isn't she, yeah, in the background? She just has the no way. idea. And they're like acting it out. They had hand gestures, oh, their facial. So it was perfect. Yeah, it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but you feel like, you know, you need good Disney movies like that. Those are good movies. You have to go sit through a kid's movie as an adult, whether you, you know, you have, when you have kids, you have to go to kid's movies. And we just saw Lego Movie and Dr. Peabody and Sherman. Lego Movie was cute. Um, You know, I always laugh, like, I shouldn't be like, wow, this movie is great. I'm 35 years old. I probably shouldn't (laughs) think that the Lego Movie is great. I should be going to see the Oscar ones that I haven't seen. Um, But it was cute. It had a good message Um, at the end. Will Ferrell is in it, so that's always good. And then we saw Peabody and Sherman, and that's cute because Phil Dunphy is from Modern Family, is the voice of of Peabody, and it was cute. But we have a great theater in Elmwood to take us. You know, we can go, and Mm -hmm. if it's an eh movie, it's $4, not 14 right. so That's it good. works yeah <laughs> that's nice well you know the sun is shining here so you guys are back from san antonio it was cold in between but you brought the sunshine it just was here it's delayed yeah was it warm when you were in san antonio yes the first okay. two days were warm and then i laughed because i the day, t- yeah. the day we left it was an arctic blast yes. and it was 42 which is the day that i got there yes <laughs> staying cold for and a couple then, days. It, then it got warm didn't it by the end of the time um, that was wednesday when we okay. got there it's still chilly on thursday mm-hmm. warm on friday okay left on saturday it was an awesome <laughs> we got off the plane joe and i did and we got off and walked out and you know you're kind of bleary from the dark of the airport because you know as much as they try to make it nice right. it's still like dank right. we got out and it was like <laughs> this the warmth. Joe turned to me. He's like, "I'm hot." I'm like, "I know." I mean, the dr- the dude who drove us was like probably thinking we were, you know, Amish and had never been anywhere off the farm. But oh, it was wonderful. I was hot at one time. Well, even this warmer weather here, I have felt like it's a heat wave and I don't need to wear a coat. And other people are looking at me like it's still cold, and I'm like, "No, I know." Twenty, no. twenty to forty is warm to me. Yeah. I didn't bring a coat today either. And I told my kids as they're getting ready to leave this morning, it's 33, it's only one degree above freezing, you still have to wear a coat. And I didn't bring a coat. <laughs> I am wearing flats with, with no socks. And I, I am too. Done that, I have done that for days because if it's before, sorry, if it's before, if it's above 30, I'm flats with no socks because I'm over boots. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. The, the terrible things of my life. <laughs> what we've been driven to. I know. I should move to like Rwanda or something and really experience tragedy. But Well, Emily, talk about Bear I Guess Use Forum because that was a great experience, right? Oh my gosh. It, from top to bottom, you know, Bear had rolled out the red carpet for us, which was really cool because coming from being a teacher 
and then staying at home <laughs> and then working for a nonprofit. Like you don't, you know, you don't have like those extra corporate things. So You're we got with people who have an expense fund. Exactly. <laughs> and they used it. It was so exciting. It was, yeah, we got picked up by a driver. So I have like a total nerdy picture of myself pointing at my sign as he was holding it by the baggage claim. But the, the forum itself, the day before, uh, when we arrived there, we, meaning Annie Schultz and um, Brian Scott, and I were all on the and panel. where's Annie Schultz from? Annie is Schultz is from Kansas, Manhattan, okay. Kansas. She's okay. a K-State girl. Oh, sorry, the fork just fell. Um, so anyway, we all were told to be at the hotel ballroom area where the forum was going to take so we could meet Frank Cessno. Cessno. I, I never can remember. Anyway, so we were to meet with him and be briefed. And... I walked in and he's sitting there with other uh, another panel and you could just tell he was just going to be fantastic. So I kind of met with Annie and Brian and as I was sitting there, Brian Brian has a wonderful blog um, and it's this like farmer's life. this farmer's life and he's in Indiana and he uses like drones. I mean, he is cutting yeah. edge. Um, on technology and Annie is mama dweeb and she's a non-farmer I mean she's got like a duck and maybe a couple chickens you know <laughs> but she's a real big foodie well I've read I read both both of their things um, and she they both had really strong voices so I was like oh they're gonna be like me they're gonna be you know boisterous and whatever they were they were so quiet like they were very <laughs> soft-spoken and so I'm trying to meet them and like they're just like mm -hmm. so anyway we're sitting there and waiting to be briefed. So Frank sits down and he gives us homework. And he said, now bring some writing samples that have gotten some heat. And um, print them out, read them over again, be ready, because I'm going to ask you about that. Because the ag journalists are going to want to know what you're writing about that is different from what they're writing about. So I was like, ooh, my gosh. I, I brought my iPad and I thought, I'll just go through some things. And anyway, so I did my homework that night. And Joe and I just kind of hung out. So anyway, the next morning, Holly posted a blog about home ec. Yes. And I called Holly and was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is my, because I kept thinking, what's my angle? Where do I need to, what writing sample do I need to bring? Because they are talking about GMOs. I mean, Julie Borlaug is there, the granddaughter of the, the father of GMO in yeah. World Hunger, right? So anyway, I thought, oh my gosh, this is a great in because we talked about eating and how everybody's so obsessed with cooking shows and blah, 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 blah. Nobody knows how to cook. And then Holly's blog that morning was perfect. So we talked a little bit. That really helped, by the way, because I was very nervous and I thought, why am I here? You know, you get to that point where you're like, why am I here? Because Brian uses drones and Mama Dweeb is the outside voice, so she can kind of bring in whatever she wants. And then there's me. So anyway, got all dressed, went to the thing, and we sat down and Julie Borlaug was the head, the, the keynote. But before that, David Hollenrake, who is um, VP of marketing, I think, sorry, David, um, of Bayer, before then, my dad said, you know who that is, don't you? And I said, no, I don't. His sister babysat me. He's from my hometown area. <laughs> so, like, I went up and met him and said, hey, I went to Rova High School. Really Your sister, Mary world. Beth, babysat. He's like, no way. So he totally put me at ease. He's like, you're going to do great, whatever. Got to meet him, and then Julie came on, and Julie was a great speaker. She was amazing and said a lot of what we have talked about here. She went to an all-organic, 
all natural dinner party for her eight-year-old and she sat back with her oh arms crossed and kept throwing things in like oh and your seedless watermelon you're serving that's organic that's a gmo i mean she just she made us laugh and was very engaging and and obviously her grandfather's story you know with golden rice is amazing and so anyway i'm sitting there going amen amen and joe's like stop simmer down so i was kind of getting excited then another panel comes on it's a water panel and the ag journalist didn't have a ton of questions for either of those panels. So I was like, okay, we're going to be good. We're not and so gonna... who was your audience? Was it just media? Mm-hmm. Ag media? Yes. Okay. It, was, um, it was ag media, um, you know, progressive farmer, prairie farmer. Mm-hmm. Successful farming. Successful farming. Yes. All the big. Right, and, and so, yeah, yeah. Susan Littlefield. Hi, Susan. She listens to us. <laughs> um, so she, it was very, it was almost intimidating because I started a blog because I didn't, have a voice of me out there. So I didn't want them to take that personally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I did not have a degree in communications. My minor was in English, but you know, I taught sixth grade. What the heck? <laughs> so anyway, we got up on the panel and um, Frank asked us really great questions. I cannot tell you what they were because I was so excited. Like it was so <laughs> cool. Those <laughs> lights turned on and I was like, wow, I am here, friends. I'm not going to apologize for being laughing. I mean, they teased me about it being confessions of a farm wife because they were like, do you get creepy people? I was like, heck yeah, my title's confessions of a farm wife. Who do you think? And Frank, I thought, was going to lose it. I mean, he was like, oh, my gosh, yikes. Anyway, but we talked about everything. We ran the gamut from, you know, talking about food, GMOs, farmed and dangerous. That's when Willie, Holly's boss, is yes. here. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yelled out at us. <laughs> like, why should I care about that? I mean, we, we were really engaged. They, the ag journalists were so interested in what we had to say that was so reaffirming, and it made me at ease. And they had Brian Scott stay for the whole two-day sessions we had the most questions asked from the media folks yeah so it was interesting it was it was really refreshing um one question though that made us all kind of go was what are ag journalists doing wrong and I had to take a deep breath because that's that's not why I started my blog that's not what agriculture is going through right now is not a what ag media did wrong it's the way the world and information is traveling and the way we are getting our information and the way what we're focusing on, that's what's going wrong. We're just, unfortunately, we're having to react to that mm-hmm. because you can't predict, oh, in two weeks, they're going to be upset about baking soda. You know, I mean, it's going right. to be something else and we can't predict that. So my answer to that question probably seemed kind of like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing what you're good at and you're but you're, but you're having to react to a society that is attacking mm-hmm. agriculture. You can't, and you don't want to put right. your guard up anyway. But it was, it was awesome. And then you, d- I did like fifteen stick a microphone in your face interviews or stick a recorder in your face. And the, the podcast really helped because I was able to be like, just ignore it and just talk. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, I mean, and we had some podcast listeners and then we had a guy from Champagne, Gail Cunningham, Gail who was Cunningham. on Wixie. So and nice. I geeked out and hugged him because I was like, that was my radio station when we lived in Champagne. So my husband was like, oh my gosh, which they pulled Joe in at one point to ask him questions. And it was just... It is, and I wrote today, it's shared on Bear's blog today, that Ag Issue Swarm is exactly what Big Ag needs to do. Mm-hmm. They need to open, a, a Monsanto or a Bear or a LG or whatever, needs to open their doors, welcome people in, whether it's broadcasters or people like me, 
and share information together. We were all on the same team there. So, so was there any non-ag media there? No. That's the one thing that I thought that would be interesting yeah. to, to open it up even more. And mm -hmm. I, want, I think this is only, what year is this? For the forum, I'm not sure. I think it's still it's relatively new. new. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to say like two maybe years, like maybe like five. fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah, I would say I should do my research on that because I think they're all. I mean, they're only up in their game by bringing in the folks that they brought in. I mean, they brought right. in Miller Coors executives about water conservation and sustainability. I mean, they brought National Geographic in. Frank Cessna as a says no. Dang it, I always say that wrong. Um, is um, Planet. What is it? Shoot, I can't, I lost, he teaches at GW and his whole thing is, me, you know, how do we work in media and the world and he mm -hmm. has a planet, I, can't, I will have to look it up, but anyway, he he's kind of big on food and production and stuff like that, mm -hmm. so I think he's a good connection, but Bear is doing it right. I mean, that, that type of thing and bringing people like me in and not just, you know, preaching to the choir mm -hmm. was excellent. It was Excellent. And then they had a great concert with Lone Star that night <laughs> in the Lonesome Dove room where everything was from the movie Lonesome Dove, which is Joe's favorite movie. Seriously? I'm talking poster-sized pictures <laughs> of McCray and um, Captain McCray and Augustus or whatever. I mean, just huge. It was such a cool room. And then Lone Star did this private concert for us, and it was amazing. It was nice. When I was still farm broadcasting, I got to cover the Ag Issues Forum oh. for two years. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, from a media and broadcast standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, when companies like Bear invite you to an event like that, you think, oh, it's just going to be them cramming Bear products mm -hmm. and Bear messaging <laughs> down your throat. And Bear people. And Bear people, which nothing wrong with that, but... They got to get their story out. Yeah, they yeah. got to get their message out just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you come into this Ag Issues Forum and it's out-of-the-box thinking mm -hmm. and it... I always felt like it was continuing education for me. Oh, awesome. You know, because I'm learning at right. the same time they're sharing their story. But then I also, you know, would get really interesting interviews that are, you know, completely from, you know, like a 30,000 foot view instead of just like, yeah. you know, it's out of the box. And right. mm -hmm. so it just gives you such a, it an, an incentive to go. And it's, I always thought of it as continuing education. That's it just kind of recharges thing. your batteries. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, this is what we're doing. Why I do what I do. And anytime you can go to something like that, and even maybe you don't even get a story out of it, you don't get an interview out of it or whatever, yeah. but if at least you leave there thinking about it and you're, Mm -hmm. You know, just, just thinking about, right, maybe changes the way you think about things or make you question things a little more. Mm -hmm. It's worthwhile. And Bear, I don't know, I'm unfamiliar with Bear as a company. I mean, I've gotten to know them a lot better through this experience, but they don't seem to be like a throat crammy no. people. You know what I mean? They, they were very, not that mm -hmm. other big ag corporations aren't, mm -hmm. are or aren't, but they were very professional, just as professionals, not mm -hmm. as... You know, we talked about bee care. That's their big push is, is bees. Yeah. That was like one of the last sessions. And it was a scientist, not their person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was it was so non-intimidating as an outsider. And I'm sure as a broadcaster, it was refreshing because it's a whole gamut of people coming in and talking about what are the hot issues. So yeah. And cool. I think they're a little bit different, too, because Bayer works with a lot of the other companies, mm -hmm. you know, seed mm -hmm. companies and different things like that. So, yes, they do have competition in the marketplace, mm -hmm. but... I don't know if it's necessarily, and this could be wrong, but I don't think it's as cutthroat as maybe, you know, a seed company versus a seed company True. versus a seed True. company. Yeah. I, you know, they're right. 
they're working with everyone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Eric Ift, he is a local bear guy, and he sends mm-hmm. out this newsletter every Monday called The Bear Necessities. That's cute. And he, yeah, and he's so good. When I was on the noon show, I would have him on and we would talk about, you know, stuff that he wanted to focus on, but I had him on from an agronomist and a farmer Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. too. And that's worth, and you know, Holly, you can attest to this too. If you're interviewing someone and you can get more than just like their corporate messaging out of them, Mm -hmm. it's worth, worth gold. It's rather talk to somebody on the ground as opposed to, yeah. Some agronomist in far off land. Well, <laughs> and we are doing a partnership now. I'm going to blog once a month for them. And I just had a company or a corporate call with them. And it was so great because I thought, you know, I really do. They, they paid for all of our combination. You know, I really, they deserve some good blogs. But at the same time, they were never like, and would you write about this? Would you write about this? They, I mean, they wanted, right. it was going to be Nash or International Women's Day. Mm. So they wanted to write about who are the women in, in ag. Okay. That's it. That's not like right. write about whatever. Right. So they they're interested in getting the the broader view, and you're right, not pinpointing like yeah. Here's what here's what you need to talk about because I I can't. I mean I'm not that smart in that area. I guess so. But it was just it was so professionally done. Just so it was awesome. What did and what was Women's Day? Mama Dweeb. Yes. A- Annie. Annie. Mm-hmm. What did she talk about? Like was she more about food and what mm-hmm. she uses, or was she? She was. She was an interesting voice in that, obviously, Brian Scott was the, he's a big Twitterer, and he gets mm-hmm. a lot of kind of crazy people knocking on him for using biotechnology. Mm-hmm. Mama Dweeb has a huge audience base. She writes. I mean, that's her, her job is blogging and, and doing sponsored posts yes. and things like that. So she has a lot of she's followers. Full-time. Yes, she's full-time. <laughs> I know. She actually makes money. I got my $20 check. Thanks, blogger. Uh, for six <laughs> months. Um, anyway... <laughs> I could be an Ethiopian family, probably. But anyway, um, I uh, her perspective was kind of an urban mom because she is just outside of Manhattan, Kansas, which mm-hmm. is you know yeah. more urban than Yates City right. for sure. Well, university, exactly. Too. Yeah. And her, she, she is gluten intolerant, mm-hmm. so we talked a little bit about that. Um, she's big on recipes and food, and and kind of what questions was she getting from her readership? Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to have her on there because you know, as much as I felt like an outsider, I bet that poor girl kind of felt like. Well, did she wow. have? Did she have big opinions on GMOs and on? You know, pesticides and everything else? No. Surprisingly, she was very middle of the road. Hmm. And I think it was because, from a choice perspective, I think, you know, she's like, you got to do what's right for what your operation. She was a very refreshing urban. Made sense. Yeah. Made sense. (laughs) And, you know, and she's like, I get it. Like, other farmers can grow what we've said before. Like, let's not be us against them. Let's work with what works for us. Let's, you know, but let's not knock each other. And... She was very, very clear about what she, what she wrote about was food and um, lifestyle, basically. So yeah. she was she was interesting. It was an, it was a very good like um, broad had, scope. Of she was kind of like a pioneer woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Except for without she the without the ranch. <laughs> yes, right. Well, more of yeah. a food, more of a food blog. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know when you look at that, so that kicks off Commodity Classic. Mm-hmm. So you were there the couple of days before Commodity Classic kicked. Kicked off, and then mm-hmm. you came in for classic. We yes. met at the airport. <laughs> we did. At gate 
B23 whatever. or whatever in <laughs> Dallas. I'm trekking off my plane and heading out into the airport and thinking, okay, I got to get to my next gate. And I hear this voice yell, Holly Spangler. And I look over and there's Joe and Emily. Oh, yeah! <laughs> and Not I'm like sure we don't ever see you. But... <laughs> no, but we had to go to Dallas to see each other. That's right. <laughs> instead of Illinois. So, yeah. Yeah, we did. We took a picture. It was fun. We chatted a few minutes because yeah. they basically... That plane pretty much sounds like it ran from Peoria to Dallas, uh-huh. back and forth and yeah. back and forth. So uh-huh. as soon as they got us off, they loaded we you guys got, up. Yeah. and we had so a short connection. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get to talk long, but sort of a high five at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you covered Classic, and, you know, you... Classic is always such an interesting meeting because you can gauge how the winter mm-hmm. has been for farmers across the country, mm-hmm. what they're starting to think when it comes to planting. You know, mm-hmm. we've all heard the shift of more beans to corn because they're afraid of a late spring, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, the morale, you know, Commodity Classic last year in Florida, everyone was happy. We were in sunny Florida. They had had an okay to great year and they were there and they wanted to be spending money and mm-hmm. you know this year you know how did you feel like the overall tone was with with farmers that were there I think it was um I think there's a little bit of worn downness just yeah. from this winter mm-hmm. you know this I mean the cold the snow anybody that's been calving or dealing with livestock has a certain level of stress in their lives <laughs> That just doesn't seem to end here yet. And um, um, I think that, uh, you know, just sort of a feeling, too, that it's probably going to be a late spring. Yeah. You know, I talked with Arlen Suderman, who used to be our marketing editor, and now he's with uh, Water Street Solutions in Peoria. But he was explaining how, you know, of course, he follows weather patterns really closely for Mm -hmm. market forecasting and everything. But anyway, he was talking about all the ice on the Great Lakes this year. Yeah. You know, that jet stream comes across off the Great Lakes, comes down here, collides with that nice, moist Gulf air, and that's going to mean wet, late Uh. spring. Cold, wet spring. So, just what you want to hear. It's like, thanks, Arlen. Awesome. <laughs> he laughed. And I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's not... You're going to come help me pack my house up, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> no. Or let's make it a house. <laughs> no more rivers getting out. Uh, Brayden, can we put the house on stilled? Do you think that's going to work? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, and we've had, what, what was it, two weeks ago when stuff started melting? And the rivers got out, and the Route yeah. 9, where Spoon River crosses yeah. Route 9, that got out. It all flooded again. It damaged the road. It's all closed. Uh. It took me forever to get here today. What are you going to do? It begins. It begins. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and didn't she say on our, maybe our first or second podcast, she just like a normal year. Yeah, this is going to be normal. a normal year. It's my Let's say abnormal. We're okay with abnormal. We're, We're okay, okay with abnormal. We're okay with it. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, cautiously optimistic for the spring. You know, yeah. Braden kind of made the comment, like, we should be putting peas in right mm-hmm. now, this mm-hmm. week. Really? Mm-hmm. This is your week? This is the week that normally the peas go in. They like this cold weather. And oh, then okay. soybeans will come Something after that. Weather, right? right? <laughs> that's all raised peas. But there's, you know, there's still quite a bit of frost in the ground. Yeah. So that's not happening this week. Yeah. I don't know what's left in the ground at this point. I know at one point, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, Don was saying he had you know what he was hearing was three feet mm-hmm. that's a lot of frost it it's gonna a take a long frost. time for, for that to get out yeah for this part of the world yes that's a lot you know and commodity classic whirlwind for you but you got some highlights you got to see some pretty cool things is that right we did we did okay so um usfra u.s farmers and ranchers alliance has produced i believe would be the word a movie 
Um, they basically funded it, and they gave, um, they hired a director, this um, James Mole, who's an Academy Award-winning director. These are things I didn't know. Awesome. Yeah. And from what I understand, turned him loose and said, you know, we want you to make a movie about farming. And so they didn't, didn't they didn't give him names of people. They didn't give him talking points. They didn't give him any of those things. Wow. And we got to sit in and, and um, you know, see the movie, and it was fascinating. They had taken, he had gone around the country and found six different farmers in their 20s who were, per, you know, either part of a multi-generational operation, so, you know, they were coming in and working, but not all of them. There was a woman mm. from Pennsylvania who did not come from a line of farmers, and she went out and started kind of a vegetable farm, and so she's um, running a CSA, that community-supported agriculture, mm-hmm. so, you know, delivering the food baskets every week, yeah. but then she also delivers to um, all sorts of restaurants around, oh, it sounded wow. like. Oh, cool. And um, what else did she do? Oh, farmer's markets. And she called it One Woman Farm. Oh, huge, that. great sign on the side of the truck. And you know how many people must come to a farmer's market and love to buy Amen. from someplace called that. marketing. She yes. must have a marketing degree. <laughs> and just worked her tail off. You could yeah. just tell. Um, but, you know, they had her. Okay, so they had her with vegetables in Pennsylvania. They had um, a guy with corn and soybeans in Nebraska. They had a Texas cattle rancher. They had a Minnesota hog farmer. Is that four? That's right. The poultry farmer in Georgia. And then they had an organic farmer in um, California. Mm-hmm. And so, and they really, he just let them talk. Mm-hmm. You know, they talked, they told their stories. They told how they got into it. They told very intimate details. You know, the guy in Texas, his wife was having twins. There was the camera in the hospital with him trying oh! to juggle two newborn oh. baby twins. And then um, and showed them at home. And mm-hmm. there was grandpa holding the twins. Mm-hmm. And just really... It was a good representation, I thought, of who we are and the stuff that we value. The guy in Nebraska got me because he started talking about how, you know, he didn't plan to take over the farm this soon, but his dad had gotten cancer in like, I'm afraid I'll get the dates wrong. I want to say it was like 08, 07, 08, somewhere in there. And his dad ended up dying and, you know, he really talked about... We talked a lot about, you know, his mom stepped up, you know, that she could do everything before his dad died, but afterwards you know he and it's he and his mom you know running this wow. farm and you know she could do everything that he could do and ran the equipment and mm-hmm. she helped with the books and did everything and he had an ear of corn that he had saved you know from his last harvest with his dad and you're like oh, <laughs> oh. yeah oh. And, and people don't what's so cool about that is that you don't realize how that means so much right. we aren't and that's the the message of yeah. we aren't just cranking out stuff to get right. dollars, that's your last memory and a big memory. And this is the guy that said, you know, we plant GMOs because it works for us. Yeah. And then they also showed the guy in California saying, you know, I don't, I just don't think it, I don't think it's right or I just, it doesn't work for me. I don't think we should do it, whatever. So the movie really, I thought, did a good job of straddling both worlds and presenting both sides and saying, this is what works for me and this is why I do it, which you can't ask for much more than that. <laughs> no, you can't. And how's the movie going to be shared then? Yeah, I think... It gets like a full release in April, so, and I don't know how that's going to work exactly, if it's just going to be major cities, because obviously, I mean, we'd love to go see it here in central Illinois, but, you know, they're really targeting New York, Chicago, LA, (laughs) big metropolitan areas, so hopefully, you know, it would get out eventually where we could see it too, but. Yeah. It was really good. It's a documentary. And I think that's genius that they're starting big. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, they're trying to get into film festivals and stuff. Uh, and and cool. it was just beautiful. You know, just, really? 
you know, I sat there as a photographer going, oh, wow, that was really nice. Yeah. But, you know, how to get such great light. So and, good. and we talked, you know, we got a chance to talk to these guys because um, they had four of the farmers. They were four. They were, they were there. Mm-hmm. <gasps> we got to interview um, the guy from the poultry farmer, the Nebraska corn and soybean guy, the Minnesota hog farmer, and I think the Texas rancher was there, those four. Very nice people. Mm-hmm. Very, like, overwhelmed, like, with the attention. Yeah. But it was fun to talk to them and see, you know, well, what did you, you know, did you sort of edit yourself? Like, what, we're, well, we're not going to do this, or we got the shop cleaned up. And he was like, no. He's like, you know, we really didn't have time. You know, we were in the middle of planting, which they showed, you know, and I, I thought about that. You know, you think on your farm and you want to have oh. a camera crew following you around on the first day of planting. <laughs> you know what? And that's so great that you said that because I just think about all the work that I would do to, uh-huh. like, we have the, the number three hook that you guys came to the first podcast. It had just fallen out We mm-hmm. in my bathroom. And I finally looked oh, at it last night. I was like, Joe, before my birthday, could we get the number three hook up so that Holly and Deanna will know that I care about Amelia? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm calving. But, like, you can't do little things like that when no, you're working. Sure. That's so great that they were messy and yeah because that's what reality tv that that people Mm -hmm. want don't you think they Mm -hmm. want messy yeah they want to see yeah they just want to see what it really is Mm -hmm. so um and the guy was it i think the poultry farmer was talking about he was spreading manure and he said something about yeah you know you have that moment when you you see that spot up ahead and you think oh probably probably shouldn't go through that you know looks a little soft (laughs) and then you know, the not brain part of you says, ah, oh, go ahead. And he said he went on through it, got stuck. And he said, of course, as soon as he did that, the whole crew was like, woof, came out. <laughs> but he said they didn't end up putting that in. So, Aww. But there was, it didn't sound like they did a whole lot to Pretty dress it up. Right. This was, this was real and it was what it was. So That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. We can I think it would be hard for a lot of, well, I mean, the, people I was sitting with there weren't many dry eyes really? <laughs> especially with you know when a guy starts talking about his dad and, you know I could just about cry thinking about it so yeah <laughs> it's just it was neat to see mm-hmm. yeah so good commodity classic I think so yeah I think you know it's kind of crazy 7,000 people there yeah that's a lot of people mm-hmm. all in one place mm-hmm. and we were joking I was calling home of course Don was at home and calving and you know you're calling at <laughs> home we get the update because I think when I left on Wednesday we had a calf in the basement mm-hmm. Calves in the barn, calves everywhere, you know, different ones getting bottles at different places, and maybe Caroline was going to get a bottle of calf, and all sorts of things going on. And so you're calling to check up on this. And I realized at one point I was walking between the convention center and my hotel, you know, at the end of the day, and we were talking, and I get back to the hotel, and I'm like, holy cow, you know, I was just, <laughs> we were just having this involved conversation about calving, you know, talking about afterbirth on blankets mm. and getting this cow to take this calf, and the smell here, and the poop there, and the whatever, and the how... <laughs> I'm like, if anybody was listening to this as I was walking, just to my end of the conversation. But all those attendees I think we were nuts. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It was good, though. I think I think the general mood is just, I mean, farmers are generally optimistic by nature, so there's yeah. that. But I think, you know, you know the speakers that we heard, um, you know, there's a lot of optimism about the farm bill, but caution about how it's going to be implemented. And do we have enough FSA people? in the countryside to do what needs to be done and I think there's a general pessimism about that that there's just not you know there's not enough people to track all that stuff and to implement it and then I'm seeing you know we're facing another round of FSA staff cuts here too so that's probably if there's something to be nervous about that's probably it it'll be interesting you know you're headed out for ag day so you're headed out to DC 
and it'll be interesting. You know, you'll yes. get kind of a feel of how things are going when you get out there. I know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And yet, curious how much understanding of reality in the countryside there is. You know, when you look at a fairly large county and you've got one or two FSA ladies in there that are trying to keep track of all that. Yeah. It's a big job. It is it's a, a big job. a lot of paperwork. Yes. That's a place you don't want any mistakes or errors right. made. Right. And there's a lot of... There's, there's a lot of margin for air. Okay, let's take a quick break here, and when we return, we'll have a special in-kitchen guest coming up on Confessions of a Farm Wife. 